It is a Football Friday, Week 16 edition, the night before Christmas in the Windy City. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. The Cardinals will be spending Christmas Eve day in Chicago, the first of back-to-back road games for the team. Who is in? Who isn't in for this matchup? And what are the key matchups? Plus, we head into enemy territory and speak with Kevin Fishbane. He covers the Bears for The Athletic. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 713, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So we know the head coach is fired up on a Friday. Head coach Jonathan Gannon walked into his Friday availability all fired up for a Friday temperatures in the 50s it's raining out there yet he is fired up as he is always question I have though here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals is Zach Gershman fired up on a Friday oh I'm always fired up I mean I'm not gonna walk outside and be like "Ooh, it's cold like JG did it's nice this is comfortable right now it's a little chilly though all right I just I I, I, oh yeah I see where you're going I hear just a little bit Something different in your voice. And for those loyal listeners here on Cardinals Cover 2, we we need to make sure that they are aware that Zach is fine, (laughs) laughing, smiling. He is all good. He's just a little, what do we say? Sore. Sore? Okay. Would you you like to explain why you're sore and maybe feeling or not sounding your Mm -hmm. best? One of the many beautiful things that we have here as part of the Cardinals organization is a lot of amazing companies we're able to work for or we're able to work with and you know gain those benefits and one of our packages I guess you could say is with a fitness gym so I go to said fitness gym and I am very sore from said fitness gym all right before Um, you continue though before Thursday when was the last time you visited a fitness facility probably junior year (laughs) of high school so well, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Like, look, I, have I played basketball and like had like the cardio component of it? Yeah, but who likes that cardio stuff? No one really does. But I was like, you know what? Off season's going to be, you know, coming to a certain point. We'll maybe not much more free time, but we will still have a little bit more free times. Our weekends will become a little bit more available. So I should probably find stuff to to start doing because I moved here and the next day. We had, you know, we had one week that was kind of like everyone easing back in. And then the next week was media day and training camp. And it's been nonstop since then. So I haven't even really had a chance to fully explore this beautiful valley or explore the many buildings within it. So I decided to go to Lifetime Fitness. And man, am I, am I feeling it. <laughs> Basically, your body is telling you, what are you doing? My body is saying the past, you know, what has it been since six years yeah the past five years six years has been kind of peaceful not you know grabbing any weights so maybe i resort back to that <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure at this point but my body's definitely feeling it well we hope you are good to go especially on sunday I'm like questionable, questionable right now okay all right. all right questionable we'll see. 
by the way, if your name pops up on that injury report just to see if anyone's paying attention, uh, that would be well done by you. Look, I might just slip it in hey, just, just, just to see. see just to see where uh, see if anybody notices or not. All right, here is who will not be available this week as the Cardinals take on the Bears on Sunday. It is the matchup here in Week 16. By the way, kickoff on Sunday, 225, 9.30 pregame coverage begins. A little bit later on on the show, Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the, the Athletic. He'll join us and talk more in depth about what is going on in Chicago with respect to the Bears. But as far as the Cardinals are concerned, no Hollywood Brown. He did not practice this week because of a heel injury, but we have seen Hollywood not practice yet still play. But based off some postgame comments from Jonathan Gannon and even Hollywood postgame, you kind of got the sense that this week was not going to be the week that we saw number two on the field. Hollywood has pushed through week in and week out, and I think it's about time that he has put himself first, and that's something that JG said. We got to put Hollywood first, and then the team second when it comes to injuries. In every other case, it's team first, you second. But when it comes to injuries, you got to put your players' health and safety as the number one priority. So, it, it yes, this is kind of the week you expected Hollywood Brown to probably sit out. What happens for the rest of the season? Who knows? This heel bruise has been very tricky for him. He hasn't seemed to recover enough even with the bye week in between because he hasn't been able to get much yard separation you could tell that he's been kind of taking himself out of the games both he and the coaching staff have talked about going on and off the field so it's about time in my opinion that he does sit out and tries to properly rest but he did miss was it eight of the last 11 it's gonna be eight of the last 12 so it's gonna, or actually no, it'd be ten of the last twelve. So it'd be, it's been a, it's been a long way coming for for Hollywood Brown. So Hollywood is out. Greg Dortch questionable because of a shoulder. So maybe that opens up the door for someone else to see some time. Does someone get elevated from the practice squad on Saturday? We know the struggles that the quarterback has had as far as the production with respect to the wide receiver position. On the defensive side of the ball, Garrett Williams will not play because of a knee issue, and Gannon said on Friday that Bobby Price is not quite ready to be activated. So he is two weeks into his three-week practice window, coming back from a quad injury. So without Garrett Williams, I'm really curious now, what do you do in that secondary Antonio Hamilton, Starling Thomas played 100% of the defensive snaps a week ago. Keytrail Clark did not play any defensive snaps without Williams. Does that mean Keytrail gets some playing time on Sunday? I'm sure Keytrail will. I'm sure Keytrail will. But also, like Andre Sachere has been, you know, that's somebody that you could slip into there, into that nickel slot. And he's also on the injury report. So there's a chance that, you know, depending on his availability, he's been a limited participant at practice. It's. The, the secondary is going to take a big hit. And when you have a different green dot and Chris Barnes taking over, uh, as we've spoken, as I spoke into him about it and spoken, and Jonathan Gannon spoke about it, how all of them, you know, practice with the green dot so they're ready to take over if needed, it's going to be an entirely different look. You'll still have your main staples in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, who have had tons of success playing against the Bears in previous years, but it's going to be a little bit different. You talked with Chris Barnes. I believe you're the only one who spoke with Barnes this week about having that green dot. Third different green dot quarterback of the defense, Kaiser White, Josh Woods, now Chris Barnes. And the question was asked again and earlier on Friday about how you pick 
that player to where the green dot. One, you want that player to be on the field, if not 100% of the time, darn near every single snap, so you're not having to make that change. And then there's been talk about, okay, yeah, Buda Baker could certainly do it. He knows the defense inside and out. Jalen Thompson could do it as well. But you want someone more closer to the line of scrimmage, and that's what Gannon was talking about on Friday because the middle of the defense, that linebacker, whether it's an outside or an inside, typically it's an inside linebacker, they can just look straight, there's the defensive line, turn around, and there's a secondary as opposed to a defensive lineman having to do it. Or he gave the example of a defensive back, you just get on a play, a, a long throw, and 40 yards downfield, you've got to come all the way back. You're out of breath, and you're maybe not quite ready to relay that call to your teammates. So that's why a linebacker is typically the one that's wearing the green dot. And for the third time and what did you write? Third time in five, five games. games that the Cardinals will have a different player wearing the green dot. And something that Josh Woods told Danny on sideline exchange was the biggest thing he was unexpected was how much you're actually talking. So being out of breath because you're playing a football game at the highest level possible that's one thing. And you're playing against some of the greatest athletes that the world has to offer. That's going to take a lot out of your body to begin with. Not like a lifetime fitness membership, but like <laughs> in, in general, like it's, it's a little bit different of a game out there. But for that component to be in and then to still be able to shout out the play and then to relay the calls and to make sure that it echoes so all sides of the field hear it and make sure that everybody's on the same page. That's a big part of it. So Chris Barnes has done it before. He did it in Green Bay when he was a rookie out there in parts of his second year. Now in his fourth season here, a big part of it has been learning under Kaiser and Josh Wood, something that he said he appreciated because those two are they're great. They're vets, and their their leadership component is a major part of what they're able to bring to the table. They command the respect of the defensive huddle when they're out there. So Kaiser White did play 100% of the snaps until he tore his bicep. Josh Wood's injury is undisclosed as of right now, but um, you know he's done a great job, and he's kind of assumed that leadership role. He's filled the void for Kaiser. Now Chris Barnes, who has the respect of a lot of his teammates, and if you listen to these mic'd up clips, they're talking like, let's go KB. I see it in the locker room when the way that they communicate with him. He has the respect of them. Now it's just a matter of making sure that the call gets out there and everybody's on the same page. For more of what Barnes had to say and tell Zach specifically, you can go to azcardinals.com for that information ahead of this game against the Bears on Sunday. One other injury note with respect to the outside linebackers. Victor Dimukeji has got a foot issue. He's kind of questionable for this week and the potential now to see Tyreek Smith, who was just signed off the Seahawks practice squad. His first full week of practice, I would think, maybe this week, first of three games or the last three games, you kind of get a look to see what you have in Tyreek Smith. Yeah, it's somebody that Monty Ford said that when they signed him, they wanted to speed him up a little bit so that he could be ready to go. I'm sure that they were not expecting for Victor Dimukeji to to get injured and, and injure his foot. But he's going to be returning to practice today, I believe, Jonathan Gannon said. So we will see Vic out there. But Tyreek Smith, he's a he's a big body, plays the the high the high violence, you know, fast discipline uh, character that. 
Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon preach. So there is a chance that we do see him out there. I kind of do expect to see him out there just to see because we know that that rotation between that outside linebacker core is always ever-changing. So I'm sure we'll see him out there for a handful of snaps. 6'3", 255. He's played one game, a former fifth-round pick out of Ohio State in 2022. Ooh. So, you know, maybe we'll separate the two of you <laughs> in that uh, locker room. Although, you know, right now I believe – Ohio State players outnumber Penn State players and don't include you in that conversation as far as a player. So, I, I, okay, I wasn't assuming I was a part of that list. Okay. <laughs> well, so, okay, so, it, so it's, are we talking practice squad too? <laughs> sure, although that might tip the favor a little bit towards. Penn State. I, I now I'm now I'm, now I'm coming up with the different Ohio State players versus Penn State players in there. You got Paris Johnson. Yes. Tyreek Smith. Yes. Anyone else from Ohio State? I can't think of any. All right. So Penn State. You got Jesse Lucetta. Yeah. Blake Gillikin. Yes. Well, anyone and else? And then Danchison on the practice squad. Okay. There we go. I knew there was a third one. Yeah. I walked into that one. No, I look. I, I, you got to respect the talent that does come out of the out of Columbus as much as I don't like it because <laughs> our first round picks out of there and Paris Johnson Jr. has been playing incredible so far in this, especially when you go against a guy like Nick Bosa and the the performance that he had, only letting him get that one sack and that was the only, you know, stat that Nick Bosa had in the game against the 49ers. They opened up a lot of holes in that running game to get that 234. So you got to give respect to you got to give respect to where it's due. Speaking of talent coming out of Columbus, Bears quarterback Justin Fields ah, like is the transition. opponents on Sunday. Again, the Cardinals and Bears kicking off at 2.25. 9.30 pregame coverage begins. As I mentioned earlier in the show, had a chance to speak with Kevin Fishbane. Covers the Bears for the Athletic, and our conversation began with Mr. Fields. Not so much about his future beyond this season, which is a big talking point in Chicago, but how has he played since returning from injury? Yeah, well, his first three games back, he did a really nice job of protecting the football. No interceptions in those three games. First time he'd done that in his career. You know, he's making some plays with his legs, which we know he's always done, and he's been a better thrower this season. So, you know, those three games, the Bears went 2-1. and one. They should have gone 3-0. and oh. should have beat Detroit and Detroit. Uh, you, you could see, you know, some improvement. You could see some progress. They go to Cleveland last week, and I think he played okay. You consider the conditions, the defense, all those things. Um, you know, but once again, you know, it's been a, a problem for Fields over his career is just not being able to kind of make the big play, the critical play, the clutch play when the team needs it. Um, and that was one, you know, where when you blow a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter, there's a lot of people at fault, certainly not all on him. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough way to go. So I, I think we've definitely seen improvements. I think, you know, the, the kind of question is, have the Bears, of course, seen enough uh, improvements, but but overall, he's he's certainly had a better season, and and you've seen extra strides since he came back from that thumb injury. What really stands out about him, his numbers running the football, are those design runs or scrambled runs because receivers are covered, or he's getting pressured? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, he has Houdini X. When you think you got him, he's gone, and he's got incredible straight line speed and athleticism. Um, he's you know, almost like a running back when he gets outside uh, and, and starts to take off. Uh, the Bears do have several design runs in their game plan and their playbook that they will use against the right defense. Um, this year, you definitely have seen teams really clamp down against those that they've really tried to take and really try to take those away, force fields to give the ball up. Um, you know, the Lions kind of 
tell Fields, go ahead, keep it. And, and Fields has you know, done a really nice job against them uh, when they tell him to do that. He's run for a ton of yards against them. So I think the teams that force the ball out of his hands in those running situations, the teams that have a spy and can limit the scrambles – have been the ones that have done a better job on him because that is what makes him rare. I mean, something that, you know, Lamar Jackson might be, and obviously you guys have it there with Kyler Murray, or, you know, two of maybe some of the only quarterbacks in history who have been able to do some of the things that Justin Fields can do with his legs. Yeah, Fields, third most rushing yards among quarterbacks, and he's averaging better than five yards a carry, which is seventh best in the league. When you look at how the Cardinals might attack this Bears offense, Cardinals haven't gotten a ton of pressure on quarterbacks the past three games. The secondary outside of Antonio Hamilton is young. What are the Bears saying about what may they be looking at when the Cardinals come after them on Sunday? Yeah, well, this is something that Fields brought up is, you know, it's a lot of unknown. You know, it's a, a new defensive coordinator, so there's not a whole lot of tape you know, obviously they have this year's tape, but it's not like they can actually go back historically and look at, you know, Eagles linebackers, for example. Maybe TJ Edwards can give some um, some thoughts. But, you know, it's going to be – I think they're going to have to try to prepare for the unscouted looks, the things that haven't been put on tape, because they just don't have a ton – uh, to go off, and that happens when you face first-year play callers. So I think that that is, you know, probably going to be a challenge for the Bears this week. Is just that preparation. You're going to go off the 14 games that you've seen, and that's that's what you're working with. And that's you know what any team, again, that's facing a first-time coaching staff is going to is going to deal with. But that's probably the thing because you know with Fields, if you can keep him in the pocket. If you can throw something at him that maybe he's not prepared for, that's sometimes when you can force the bad throw or force the mistake. Um, and, and those are the defenses that have found success against the Bears. Um, the other thing, too, that Cleveland certainly did is you stop the run, that's going to go a long way uh, when you're facing the Bears. You know, the Bears really couldn't get the ground game going. They would love to get Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, all three of those guys going on the ground. Um, and they don't want to be a team that they don't want Justin Fields to throw it 40 times like he did last Sunday. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch because I imagine back home, it's not going to be actually crazy cold weather. It's actually supposed to be pretty mild, especially for this time of year. I remember covering the Christmas Eve game last year when the Bears hosted the Bills and it was below zero, uh, mm-hmm. be maybe 50 degrees warmer than that uh, on Sunday. Uh, but the Bears still are going to want to take advantage of, of that home field and, and, and play ball control and run the football. Let's flip it over to the defense. What Montez Sweat has done for the day, for the Bears has been impressive. Earlier in the week, I argued the Cardinals need to find themselves a Montez Sweat in the offseason. You've watched that defense all season. How much better is that side of the ball with Sweat on the field? Yeah, it's been night and day. I mean, he's got six sacks in five games. He already has more sacks in the last five games than any Bear player had all of last season. He's got more quarterback hits in the last five games than any Bears player had all of last season, which is both a testament to what he's done and also um, the struggles last year's defense had. Um, he's making everybody better. The other thing that's happening in this same stretch, get sweat going, the Bears also got really healthy on defense. Tremaine Edmonds dealt with injuries. He missed some time. He's been back and making an impact. Teacher Edwards you know, was, I think, probably maybe not 100% of the start of the year, and he's playing at a really high level. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, Kyler Gordon, the guys, the key guys in secondary, all missed time 
um, in the first two months of the season. You get all those guys back. Your rookies are much more comfortable. Tyree Stevenson made a big play last week. Terrell Smith playing well at corner. Your rookie defensive tackles. All those guys are more comfortable in the scheme. Uh, so better health, better comfort in what Matt Irfus is running, and then Montez Sweat. It's just kind of been a perfect storm to create what this Bears defense has been over the past month. A lot of the numbers with Sweat are impressive, but how about this? At least to me, most impressive. Sweat leads both the Bears and the Commanders in sacks, and he hasn't been with the Commanders now for six games. So it's Yeah, it, it's remarkable. It's something, again, that the Cardinals need and hopefully is one of their big priorities in the offseason. Cardinals did face Montez Sweat in Week 1. He had a sack and a half in that game in which the Commanders won 20-16. to With the Cardinals now this week, it's the second straight week they are facing the number 1 rush defense. What has the Bears' attention when looking at what the Cardinals have done this season and obviously what they did last week against the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be another kind of interesting matchup because I'm sure that's the way the Cardinals are going to want to attack it, just like the Bears are going to want to do the same thing. And the Bears have been really, really stout against the run. It all starts with Andrew Billings and nose tackle. It turned out to be a really good find from Ryan Pauls. I mean, the Bears gave him a contract extension after only eight games, which tells you everything you need to know about what he's doing for them up front. I mentioned those linebackers earlier, Edmonds um, and, and Edwards, those two guys, what they've been able to bring uh, to the middle of that Bears defense. Justin Jones is playing well um, also. So, yeah, they've really kind of turned the corner uh, with that defense and being able to force teams to throw it. And then what's happening is they're taking the ball away too. So I think, you know, when they look at Arizona and when they look at the threat that James Conner brings, obviously he's explosive. Obviously he can make plays out of the backfield. So that is something that early in the season – Teams were finding ways to get after the Bears um, with their running backs. If you go back and watch the Bears at Detroit, when the Bears kind of blew that game, they really lost track of Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery when it came to the two-minute passing game for Detroit. So, But since then, Edmonds and Edwards have done a much better job of kind of corralling running backs or opposing running backs in space. So that's kind of going to be a key thing to take to kind of keep an eye on when it comes to the Bears versus that run with that backfield. Earlier you mentioned the success that Fields has had with his legs comparing him to a Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Does that give the Bears defense a little bit maybe of a, an advantage when looking at how to defend, keep Kyler Murray in the pocket considering they see Fields every single day? Uh, possibly, you know, the one thing is, and, and this kind of it dawned on me when we were talking to Matt Eberflus about Kyler Murray this week, the Bears haven't faced a mobile quarterback pretty much this entire season. Um, they got Jordan Love in week one, and you know, that, he's certainly not what Kyler is. Uh, they placed Josh Dobbs, and they were, you know, I know they were, they were questions leading into that game if Dobbs was going to run it a little bit, and, and, but that's it. I mean, they just have not faced, especially especially look at what they've done the last couple of weeks where it's been Flacco and Jared Goff. You know, you go from Flacco and Goff to Kyler Murray, that's a massive shift in play style. So there hasn't been a ton of game experience. But, yeah, I mean, you would say that they've got the blueprint, having seen fields out there, um, you know, in the, on the practice field all season long, and, you know, especially in the summer when those guys are trying to chase him down. Uh, you got to imagine that's going to help. And, again, Murray's going to really test this you know athleticism of the Bears linebackers, which has gotten better. It didn't look as great as the money they spent on it earlier this season, but those guys have been playing really well lately. Last question for you, Kevin, and that is 
Trey McBride. He's having a breakout season. It's year two. He's been a pleasant surprise for a Cardinals team that only has three wins this season. When defending the tight ends for the Bears this season, how has that gone? It had gone pretty well until last week, Craig. I mean, David Ojoku had a phenomenal game against them. He was finding spots in the open field, in the zone. Um, he was beating Bears safeties to the football. He had a great play on third and 15. They kind of led to the Browns game winning field goal. He got a touchdown in the first half. He had 100 yards receiving. This is the number one matchup that I'd be looking at if you're handicapping Bears Cardinals. I think McBride is going to be circled. Uh, on the Bears' whiteboards in meetings all week because of what he's already done this season and because of what Njoku did to them last week. Um, as I said, they, they had only allowed one other receiver by the guy, named, guy by the name of Travis Kelsey to have more than 50 yards receiving against them among tight ends all season long. Now they get McBride coming off Njoku. So on the one hand, do they make, are they able to make those corrections because of what Njoku did to them? Or are they going to learn on Sunday that, oh, maybe this is a problem, that they just have they just don't necessarily have what it takes to cover guys like McBride. Now, again, they should. That's why they gave Tremaine Edmonds a lot of money. That's why they you know used a second-round pick on Traquan Brisker. Those are the guys that you're kind of counting on for these matchups. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a real critical one uh, for the Bears, especially when you're talking about third down and red zone. The matchup is on Sunday, Christmas Eve day, 225 kickoff, Arizona time, Cardinals and Bears. Kevin, good stuff. Appreciate the time and uh, enjoy Sunday. All righty. Thanks for having me, Greg. Good stuff there from Kevin. Again, he covers the Bears for The Athletic. And a quick note about that last topic of conversation as far as Trey McBride being the number one matchup, if you will, at least in Kevin's eyes, the Bears, in addition to what David Njoku did last week, the Bears have allowed the fourth most receptions by the tight end position. And Njoku, 10 catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown last week. Trey McBride, two games, or I say twice in five games, over 100 receiving yards. And without Hollywood Brown, I'm guessing, once again, you're going to see McBride targeted often in this game. They're, the Bears are, and one of the questions that was asked to Jonathan Gannon was how have defenses kind of changed their coverage towards Trey McBride? He's no longer a player that you just see on a roster and you go, okay, that's your backup tight end. Zach Ertz is your number one. No, this guy is now becoming a top five, top ten tight end in the league, period. And he's done a really solid job and there's been nobody better since Kyler has come back uh, out of the tight end room in general across the league because he has played so well. So the the Bears will definitely uh, have something in store, especially when we talk about the takeaways, you know, 14 takeaways. And the winner, in my opinion, the winner of the takeaway battle is going to be the one that wins this game because Kyler Murray has targeted Trey McBride twice throughout these five games. And in those two targets, both of them have been intercepted. And, I've, and it's been kind of similar on the same route. Uh, same route tree, kind of that crossing route uh, across the middle. So something to keep in mind, Traverius Ward had his way with K-1 last week against the 49ers with the two interceptions and uh, the pick six. So it's going to be, it's going to need to be a way to not telegraph your passes towards Trey McBride. You got to try to figure out a way to swing it around the offense. And Tremaine Edmonds, whom Kevin referenced in that conversation about McBride, four interceptions that is tied for the fourth most in the league. And as we speak here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, the forecast for Sunday is 
perfect, at least for mid-December. Cloudy, low of 44, high of 55. It is currently raining right now in Chicago, but no rain in the forecast for Sunday. And you wonder, with the Bears and that stout run defense, number one, second straight week in which the Cardinals will face the number one run defense. The weather... Uh, I think some of these players embrace playing in these weather in these weather games. That's something that Buda Baker said, being from Seattle, Washington, where rain is you know you see more rain than you do sunshine out there. Uh, so so he's somebody that loves to play in the games, and I think you you watch the game against the Steelers and the weather delays. And while for us being back at home and in the studio might not have been the most enjoyable sitting through all those weather delays, but those players really rallied around one another. They were dancing in the locker room. They had a lot of fun. And they, they took it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't let the weather stop them. So I think when it comes to this run defense that you're going to be going against, what, you're going to have obstacles because you know the type of secondary, the linebacker core that the Chicago Bears have. They're not, they don't play like a, game, like a team that has won five games. And a large part of it is because of the 10-point-plus blown leads that they've had. So whichever way you could do it, you could try to take advantage of it, but you hope to keep the momentum going with the running game. Three of the Bears' five wins have come in the last six games. And the last six games, why do I bring that up? Well, Montez Sweat. Six games he's played with the Bears, and that was one of your that was your number one thing as far as three big things up on azcardinals.com, and that is Montez Sweat facing him for the second time in week one. Sweat had a sack and a half against the Cardinals in a commander's win. Now Cardinals will face him in a Bears uniform. Sweat in just six games leads the Bears with six sacks. He leads the Commanders in sacks as well with six and a half. But what Sweat has done to transform, to change that Bears defense is remarkable. The numbers are unbelievable. Since Sweat has been with the Chicago Bears, almost a full 10 points better as far as yeah. points allowed per game. It's, it's remarkable to see a defensive player make that sort of impact on an entire 53-man roster. You look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you bring him over to the to the San Francisco 49ers, obviously he's going to change the game because he can put points up on the scoreboard, and the ways that he does it is remarkable. For Montez Sweat to be a defensive lineman and to get to the quarterbacks in the way that he has, and in general, it's complimented the entire defense because now the linebackers are able to sit back in coverage a little bit more. You have your secondary that's been playing pretty solid overall. It's he has done a really good job coming into this coming into the scheme. And it's not easy for a player to go from one team to another, learn an entirely different playbook, and still manage to get to the quarterback in the ways that he has. So we it's it's rare to see a player twice and it's in two different uniforms in the ways that the Cardinals have and they're not being within the division. It would have happened with Chase Young as well if he did play in that first game against the Commanders, but the Cardinals saw him for the first time and against the 49ers last week at State Farm Stadium. Montez Sweat, you kind of hoped you didn't have to see him again after he wrecked the type of havoc that he did in Week 1 down in Landover. Now you're going to see him again, but this time down in the Windy City. Bears rank third in passer rating and fourth in rushing yards per game since week nine. Those are the six games that Montez Sweat has played for the Bears. Overall, though, again, the Bears with the number one rush defense. Last week, the Cleveland Browns held at just 29 rushing yards. I'm not expecting that this week. And I don't really expect a 234 rushing yard performance against the Bears like the Cardinals did against the 49ers, although I do expect a heavy ground attack, not just with James Conner, but Amari DiMercato, Michael Carter, and maybe a handful of carries or less 
for Kyler Murray because if you have success with those other three backs, you don't really need Kyler to be running the ball. Yeah, you want to have that balance. And if you have that balance with within your three running back, the, the three-headed monster that you have back there, and it's interesting how Amari DiMercato has spoken. He spoke about it on Big Red Rage. He spoke about it earlier this week at the press conference, the, the different type of skill sets that they're all able to bring with with James being that ground-and-pound bruiser running back, uh, taking it to a defense, you know, Amari being specializing in the pass run, you know, the pass protection side of it, and then Michael Carter being that speedy, shifty running back, being able to break free for the two different 19-yard runs in important, crucial moments of games. So it's going to be all those different areas. I don't expect for it to be the 234-yard performance because I think that that caught the 49ers off guard. And now the Chicago Bears are very well aware of what you have at the table in your three running backs. But to have Kyler Murray, those plays, some of them were designed runs for K1. I don't expect for, to see nearly as many because you hope that having the running game with James and Amari and Michael Carter will open up the passing game as well. So again, three big things up on azcardinals.com. Montez Sweat, the Bears blowing fourth quarter double-digit leads. Three times they've done that, and that is a league first, which is amazing that it's never been done before. <laughs> and then your last of the three big things is Matt Prater, who is already has set a franchise single-season record for most made field goals of 50 or more yards. I think he is very deserving of a Pro Bowl nod and going to Orlando in early February. But again, we all love Matt Prater. I just prefer him kicking those 50-plus field goals as opposed to 30-39 to 39 because that signals you're not scoring touchdowns and the drive has stalled in the red zone. And it's, it's something that's helpful for an offense to, to have that sense of confidence in your kicker. They're like, okay, you only need X amount of yards to nearly guarantee that you're going to get points put on the scoreboard. But you don't want to rely on you know getting three because those four-point swings hurt you early on in the year, and now they're going to continue to hurt you if you continue to go down that route. So the 50-plus yards has been incredible. In the Cardinals, 101 years until he got to the team, 56-plus yards, only six field goals ever made in the Cardinals' 101-year history. Just like put that in perspective, in the three years he's been on the team since 20 or two years since 2021, he already has seven. So it, it's remarkable to see what he's done. And Orlando, he's a UCF guy. He gets to go back towards his uh, towards his college town at that if he's able to make it to the Pro Bowl. So the Cardinals might, you know, Trey McBride's in the top 10 right now for tight ends. Matt Prater should have a trip right next to him to Orlando. If you want to send Matt Prater or Trey McBride or someone else on the Arizona Cardinals to Orlando, Pro Bowl voting continues. It runs through December 25th, Christmas Day, so that is Monday. Go to ProBowl.com forward slash vote, ProBowl.com forward slash vote. Much more information up on azcardinals.com as well. Cardinals and the Bears coming up on Sunday. Zach, I recommend Epsom salt. <laughs> and I would recommend this in all honesty. Oh, boy. Go back to the gym. Oh, yeah. Don't make it a one and done or, hey, my body is sore. I need to take a break. No, no, no. You need to condition your body. You got to do it daily. Look, when, when I hope next year, for next season, when we have covered two on camera, I hope they see like a swole Zach, a ready to go Zach. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're going to actually end up seeing, but I'm hoping it's going to be something. I'm hoping it's going to be something. But I will say, my last note: Happy holidays to everybody back at home. Happy holidays to you. Uh, 
you know, hopefully uh, Christmas Day, you know, you could celebrate Christmas with the Cardinals victory. Yeah, let's hope the Cardinals give what everyone wants, and that is a win on Christmas Eve day. And then, of course, celebrating Christmas on Monday. Quick programming notes because of the holiday. Cardinals cover two will resume on Wednesday, a couple of days after the Cardinals play the Chicago Bears. Hopefully, again, it is a win for the Cardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.